0: Welcome to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. Because one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put ten thousand. So let's band together. And think of the thousands that we could put to flight. If we join ourselves together in prayer. So I want to encourage you to do that. We've been journeying through the book of Psalms. And so, our first week before we get into the word, we're going to send our kids downstairs this morning and they can get ready for power kids this morning. So go ahead, I'm done, guys. First week, we jumped into this series, we looked at Psalm chapter 40. And then last week for Father's Day, we jumped into Psalm chapter 78, the challenging word for us to to live and to lead. And so this morning, we're going to be jumping backwards to Psalm chapter 55. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn there with me this morning, Psalm chapter 55, but it'll be on the screen as well. Psalm chapter 55, we're going to read through the first five verses, and then we're going to break down some other portions of that chapter as we go along. Psalm chapter 55 begins in verse 1. It says, give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not." from my supplication give heed to me and answer me I am restless in my complaint and I am surely distracted how many of you know what it's like to be distracted because of the voice of my enemy because of the pressure of the wicked for they bring down trouble upon me and in anger they bear a grudge against me my heart an anguish within me and the terrors of death have fallen upon me fear and trembling come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me would you pray with me this morning father I thank you today for your word I thank you Lord, that it is living and active and father we thank you for your spirit that enlightens our heart to your word. And I thank you that your word goes forth to accomplish your will, and that it does not and it will not return void. So Father, this morning, would you send forth your word with anointing, with boldness, with understanding, and with clarity. That it would take root in our hearts and in our minds. That it would meet us where we are today. And that it would minister to the needs that we have. Father, would you be glorified this morning? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I
1: want to give you a little bit of
0: historical background on what was happening, what was surrounding This psalm, many scholars and theologians believe that this psalm was written as a result of David's dealings with his son Absalom. Now if you know anything about Absalom, you can go back to 2 Samuel, you can read about him. He was David's third son, and it was Absalom who decided he was going to rebel against his father and overthrow him. And so it didn't end so well for Absalom. Things did not turn out the way that he would have hoped. But there was another accomplice of Absalom, and his name was Ahithophel. Ahithophel was actually a very close friend of David's. He was a trusted advisor. He was considered to be one of David's chief counselors. It was actually Ahithophel, David's close friend, who encouraged Absalom, David's son, to sleep with all of David's concubines on the roof, no less. So that everyone in Jerusalem could see what a spectacle he was making of his father. Don't you want some friends like that? I hope not. Y'all
1: were a little too quiet there
0: for me. A little concerned. No. He was considered to be a trusted advisor, a trusted counselor, and to betray David. And so here we have King David. And he's pouring out his heart to the Lord. And he's saying, please listen to what I have to say. God, I'm restless in my complaint, and severely distracted because of the voice of the enemy. And so I want us just to pause here for a moment this morning. He said, I'm restless. How many of you know what it's like to be restless? I had a restless night last night. You can be restless for a number of different reasons. In the Hebrew, if we look at the original text here, being restless is the idea of wandering about or rambling. You ever been around somebody who just kind of rambles all the time? It's the idea of wandering or rambling, but it's particularly the idea or the picture of an animal who had broken his yoke and is now wandering about with no purpose, wandering about aimlessly, wandering about freely because he has nothing holding him together. And so it's as if David is saying here, Lord, my thoughts,
1: they're just all
0: over the place. I don't know what to do with this. And and then maybe you found yourself in this place before saying, Lord, there's just so much going on in my mind. I'm just so overtaken by what's going on in my life. I just, I can't put all my thoughts together. I don't know what to say right now. I don't know how to approach this. He said, I'm restless in my complaints, and I am severely distracted. We all know what it's like to be distracted. Some of us are a little bit more familiar with being distracted than others. We just go off on all kinds of rabbit trails, and we just get sidetracked a little too easily. David said, I am severely distracted because, watch this, because of the voice of my enemy." I am severely distracted because of the voice of my enemy. Let that sink in for a minute this morning. I'm distracted by the voice of my enemy. I think that much of the time we find ourselves to be restless and distracted, it's because we've allowed ourselves to focus on the voice of our enemy. You know you can hear the voice of the enemy we all do from time to time but you have a choice when you hear that voice you have a choice to tune in and pay attention to what it is that he's saying to you or you can drown it out
1: resist the
0: devil and he will let he will flee you have a choice but for some reason we tend to entertain those thoughts don't we
1: we, we tend to
0: entertain that voice Of the enemy, and we mull over it time and time again, day after day, night after night. That's all we think about. We become restless, and we become distracted. And in that process of allowing ourselves to entertain the lies of the enemy, we fail to realize that the enemy has accomplished his task to steal, kill, and destroy. Because in luring us with his lies, he succeeds in distracting us from paying attention to the voice of truth I read a post on social media this week that said the enemy didn't tempt Adam and Eve to murder steal or tell a lie he tempted them to question the Word of God and his tactics haven't changed his tactics haven't changed. I don't think you heard me. He tempted them to question the very word of God.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And his tactics haven't changed. Because let me tell you something. If he can get you to question, if he can get you to doubt, if he can get you distracted, then he's got you exactly where he wants you yeah. The enemy will lie to you as long as you will listen to him. He will lie to you as long as you will listen to him. And so David says, man, I'm just, I'm restless. I am distracted by the voice of my enemy. He goes on to say, my heart is in anguish and horror has just overwhelmed. The Lord frustrates the plans of the enemy because the Midianites don't know what to do. They're surrounded and they turn on each other and confusion came into the camp of the enemy. It's okay to pray that the Lord frustrates the plans of the enemy because the word of God tells us that every weapon that is formed against you will what? It will not prosper. It will not prosper. Let me tell you this morning. There's an enemy who is forming weapons against you. He is. And it's okay to pray that the Lord frustrates those plans, that the Lord frustrates those weapons of warfare, because Scripture assures us that God will raise up a standard against every single one of them. He's already raised up a standard. It's called the blood of Jesus Christ. And at the name of Jesus, every demon of hell, every weapon of the enemy must cease. I know y'all blood bought and sanctified this morning, but I said the blood of Jesus has raised up a standard. Somebody ought to shout, somebody ought to return. friends, by one of his advisors, by one of his companions, how many of you can identify, Then betrayed by one of my closest friends. You confided in someone, you, you placed your trust in someone, you invested in someone, and then out of the blue, they turned on you, stabbed you in the back. It's heart-wrenching because it comes from someone that you love, doesn't it? Comes from someone that trusts. Just it, it just hits you at the core. David said, "We had sweet fellowship. We we walked in the house of God." And he goes on later in verse twenty and twenty-one, and he said, "He has violated his covenant. His speech was smoother than butter, but his heart was war. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn." swords those words sure sound good but there's something behind them proverbs chapter 29 verse 5 says a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet Romans chapter 16 says such persons do not serve our Lord Christ but their own appetites and by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the naive David said we had sweet fellowship we were in the house of God together. Their speech was smoother than butter. Their words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. And those words cut deep, don't they? They cut deep. And sometimes, unfortunately, those wounds can come from within the four walls of the church. How many of you know that? I know on numerous occasions I have been hurt by churches And, you know, in fact, I was thinking this week, I thought, you know what? I think I've probably been hurt in my life more by Christians than by unbelievers. And I think it hurts so much more because we have this this expectation, as we should. We have this higher expectation of how Christians should live and walk and conduct themselves. And so when we're betrayed by a fellow believer, man, it hurts, doesn't it? It hurts. It hurts. But what does scripture tell us? It tells us we'll know them by their what? By their fruits. By their works. David has confessed his heart before the Lord and he said, Lord, I'm restless. And I'm distracted because of my enemy. And it hurts. You know, sometimes when you come before the Lord and you don't have words, you just have to say, God, it hurts. It just hurts. I don't know what else to say, but it hurts. My heart is just pain. I'm, I'm sorrowful. I don't even know what to say, but God, it just hurts. We jump back up to verse 16. And David, in the midst of all that's going on, in the midst of the confusion and the distraction and the restlessness and the betrayal of family and friends, in the midst of all of this, he says, as for me, I shall call upon God. They're drawing swords with their tongue, but I'm going to call on the name of my God.
1: In the midst of
0: all the chaos and the confusion and the uncertainty, I'm going to call on the name of my God, and the Lord will save me. He says, evening and morning and at noon, I will complain and moan." How many of you have been there? Lord, I just got to complain a little bit today. I just got to let you know what's going on in my life as if he doesn't know what's already happening in your life. God, I'm just going to complain evening, morning, and at noon, I'm going to complain. And what does David say? voice. He will redeem my soul in peace from the battle which is against me. And I want you to grab a hold of that truth this morning. I want you to grab a hold of that promise today. He will redeem my soul in peace from the battle which is set against me. You may be fighting a battle this morning that no one knows about. You may be facing hell on earth today, but I can promise you this, that regardless of where you find yourself, Regardless of the situation that you're in, regardless of your complaints and your moans to the Lord, His word says that He will redeem you from the battle which is against you. Because the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. And you need only to be still and see the salvation of the Lord. It's His battle. It's His fight. We jump down to the end of chapter 55, and verse 22 is my favorite. It says, cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. That would be enough. We we could stop there. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he's going to sustain you. He's going to carry you through. But David goes on. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Yes. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Let me tell you something this morning. If your feet are grounded on the solid rock, when those winds and those waves and those storms come to knock you down, you're going to feel like it, but you're not going to be shaken because your feet are grounded on the rock. Cast your button upon the Lord and he will sustain you he will never allow the righteous to be shaken in the Hebrew the idea of sustaining meant to endure to protect to provide sustenance but it also means to defend one's cause before a tribunal and that's actually the description that David uses here in verse 23 he says but you God will bring them down to the pit of destruction men of bloodshed and deceit will not live out half their days but I I will trust in you I will trust in you notice David says you God will bring them down You, God, are going to take care of my enemies. Not, Lord, show me what to say. Lord, show me what I can do to get back at them because they really hurt me good. Lord, how can I take care of this? How can I get them back? He said, You, God, you will bring them down. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And friends, in my experience, the vengeance of the Lord is a whole lot greater than anything you and I could ever try to
1: do. Because
0: when we try to handle it on our own, we end up getting ourselves in a whole heap of trouble that we would have been better off without. Let God handle it. You, God, will bring them down. I will trust in you. Stand back. And he will sustain you. He will defend you. Think this picture, this this posture that we see here in King David. We also see in Jesus. Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew very well what was coming. He knew that he was going to have to endure the cross. And he prayed so fervently that his sweat came down and turned into drops of blood. He was in anguish. And he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But I don't want my will." he He was in agony over what he knew lie ahead of him. He knew what it was like to be betrayed by those closest to him. Scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians that on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus had a meal with his disciples. Jesus knew very well that at that particular meal, his betrayer would be in the room. And what I love about this story is that it didn't stop Jesus from breaking bread with his friends. He didn't stop serving. He didn't stop loving. Even though he knew he was breaking bread with the one who would betray him. Jesus knew what it was like to mentor someone, to pour into them, to love on them to accept them for who they were, to give them a better life and then be cast aside and sold out for just a few pieces of silver just so somebody could fill their pockets. But it didn't stop them from loving. In fact, Jesus went to the cross for those very ones who betrayed him. We're going to observe communion this morning and I'm going to ask if we have As someone who would be willing to go in the foyer and grab our basket of communion elements and just pass those out this morning. Thank you. Before we partake of our elements this morning, something I want to read to you. The Apostle Paul says, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. And so we, before we even partake of our elements this morning, we're going to sing a song, and we're going to take a moment to search our hearts. You know, Scripture tells us that if we have ought
1: against our brother, if we have
0: Something against our brothers or sisters that we need to go make it right before we come and we offer our gifts at the altar you gotta go make it right you gotta make it right and so we're gonna sing this morning and maybe there's somebody here that you need to go to and say you know what I need to make this right this morning before I partake of the bread and the cup there's something I need to get right in my heart something that I need to get right in my spirit maybe there's something in your life this morning that you just need to come and lay down at this altar something that you've been battling something that you've been struggling with and you just need to come lay it down and say Lord I need you to take this thing from me I need you to take it or just get away to the presence of the Lord this morning. But I also want to give you the opportunity, whether you're here or you're watching us this morning, you may be walking through life saying, I'm just restless. I'm just distracted. I'm just confused because I don't know what it's like to walk with the Prince of Peace. But this morning, you want to surrender your heart and life to Jesus and say, Lord, I need you to forgive me. I need you to come into my life and make me whole again.
1: Would you forgive me
0: of my sins? Would you save me this morning? Would you lead me and guide me and direct me? Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're tuning in online and you're just kind of feeling like David. Lord, I've been betrayed. I've been hurt, I've been wounded and I don't know what to do. When my heart is overwhelmed, David said, I go to the rock that is higher than I, the rock of my salvation and I want to pray for you this morning if you need healing. Because you know, sometimes when you're betrayed, those emotional wounds, those emotional scars take so much longer to heal than the physical ones to So we want to pray for the Lord's healing. Just take a moment as we sing this song today, just to search heart.
1: the prayer. Oh, I am not awake, I
0: that he took the bread and when he had given thanks for it he broke it and he said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me father we thank you today for the body of Jesus the body that was broken, bruised, beaten beyond recognition so that we could be made whole. Father, may we never forget your sacrifice to us. And to take it and eat and remember his sacrifice for you. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus, we thank you this morning for your blood that was shed at Calvary, your blood that cleanses, Your blood that heals. Your blood that forgives, that restores, that revives, your blood that resurrects. Jesus, we thank you today for the power of your blood. As you take it and drink it today, remember what Jesus did for you. Jesus we thank you we thank you that you loved us enough to allow yourself to be broken for us father we surrender our hearts to you we surrender our hearts to your will your way for our lives we thank you Lord for the standard that you've raised up against the enemy today we thank you Lord for the blood that you shed for us father would you make us
1: whole this morning we ask this in the most precious name of Jesus and God's people sitting in. to go. We're going to keep this altar open.
0: We need prayer this morning. We're here to pray with you. We're here to
1: believe with you for what it is that constitutes you.
0: for listening to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at fccfmd.com.